Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fandom Optimists, the show where we love content and we love when it brings us together. This week in fandom, the Hawkeye series finale. It started a lot of interesting conversations, and Blue has returned to have some of those conversations with me. Blue, how are you doing? I blew right into town. <laughs> oh, dear God. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. That's how this episode is going to go. Uh, I'm, look, I, I feel like I've just reached that point in my life where I am almost obligated to make dad jokes, so here we are. That's a good point. You're pretty old. My, my male ovaries are screaming. <laughs> okay. So, a Hawkeye wrapped up. We did not do, I don't think this show did an episode five review. So, uh, long story short, on episode five... Uh, I'm going to give super fast thoughts. I loved Yelena and Kate's uh, dynamic. Yelena, just like in the Black Widow movie, Yelena steals every scene she's in, and it made me both happy and sad to see her do it to yet another property that is not her own. Uh, I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> she's a she's a show stealer. Uh, would Black Widow not be her property? I, I guess, yeah. But I mean, like, like it's a Black Widow, like, it's kind of Natasha's movie, but you, every scene Yelena's in, I'm like, man, Yelena's so much more fun to watch <laughs> than, yeah. than well, uh, Natasha. I feel that that's effective in that movie because it's the passing of the torch movie where that's it's like, true. hey, we know that Natasha's dead, but it's okay because we got this other character you can like even more. That's true. But then she shows up over here and I'm like loving Kate and Clint's dynamic, and then Yelena shows up, and I'm like, man, she's the most fun thing to watch in this. Show. <laughs> I feel sometimes their dynamic does go a little too far. Like I'm not down with the criticisms that people give with the MCU of it being too jokey, but sometimes yeah. I watch them and I'm like, okay, guys, maybe take things a little more seriously. Let's let's get things moving. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I I kind of like that they've given Yelena this almost flippant attitude over everything now because she's seen a lot and she's lived through a lot and she's like no i'm just gonna like i mean yeah i'm still a trained killer but i'm gonna try to have as much fun with this as just me as i can yeah it makes sense when she's been like as mentally detached as humanly possible for like 20 years or something so she's trying to actually enjoy some shit now yeah, and I love when it's, you know, she's saying it's my first time in New York, and I can't wait to see this and this, and then Kate's like, so are you here to talk to Clint? She goes, no, 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 I'm here to kill him. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Lena. Uh, and then at the end of episode five, they did the big, that's the guy I've been worried about this whole time, and we see Vincent D'Onofrio on a blurry phone. And that was, I made, I remember being really sad about that in episode five. It's like, that's your, that's your kingpin reveal? Picture on a blurry phone. Okay. Mm. I love him, but an interesting way to do the reveal. It's fine. I, I, I was okay with it. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought I was like, I wanted Vincent D'Onofrio to get more, a more grandiose entrance. Uh, but oh well. Um, but anyway, episode six. The, the series finale what what are your loose thoughts on episode six um it it made me excited it made me teary-eyed 
uh, it was a great finale. I don't know if it's got quite the same like massive impact on me that a finale like WandaVision or Loki had, but mm. but it was to put it in uh, a couple words, I guess I would describe it as triumphantly wholesome. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I would put Loki's finale above this, but I don't know that I would put any other Disney Plus finale above this. I really liked it. As as a person who both personally has had to deal with trauma and oh, yeah. has, a par- has had to coach a partner and multiple friends through severe trauma, um, the, the traumatic catharsis of WandaVision is something that sticks with me very strongly. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, so Hawkeye, we open with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio walking. I'm so happy we opened the episode with him. I was, I was like shaking. Are people and, apparently complaining about his outfit? Yes, people were complaining. But also, like, at the beginning, it's not like he was wearing that the whole time. When he shows up at the beginning, he's wearing his normal kingpin stuff. It was clearly just for the Christmas party. He wanted to yeah, and, and like, And, like, I'm sorry, but you're, you're going to be okay with big fat man wearing white pimp suit, but you're not going to be okay with him adding a hat <laughs> and a Hawaiian shirt? Like, that's still a kingpin look. You got to get on board with it or or don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I think okay, we'll get more into the canon thing later, but I think part of it is people said, well that must clearly not be the saying the kingpin I know from Daredevil would never dress like that. And my response to them is, how do you know? You haven't seen him for 8 years in this timeline. People change. Fellas, <laughs> fellas is it variant to own other clothes? <laughs> But yeah, that's my main argument for any inconsistency between this and the Daredevil series is that I think if you, I think that, I mean, like Daredevil season three was in like 2018 or something, but I'm pretty sure it's set in 2016 and we're now in 2024. It's been a while. You haven't seen him in a while. People change. Anyway, um, we'll get into the canon arguments later. That'll be fun. So we start with Kingpin. Uh, yelling at uh, Eleanor and we finally get it revealed that Eleanor killed uh, what was his name Armand the third of at least seven you good sorry yep stub my toe oh damn (laughs) yeah that didn't feel good Uh, it was um was it Armand Duquesne the third, or is it Jack Duquesne? I can't remember who's got that last name. I think, I think they're both Duquesne. I think. Oh, are they? I think. Okay. I can't remember now. Was he? Oh yeah, he said he was his uncle or something, right? Yeah, he's his uncle. Okay, sure. So I, they're probably the same. Anyway, uh, so we get the reveal that Eleanor killed Armand the third which was pretty cool. And I'm still a little bit confused on why Yelena says that Eleanor hired her. Does that mean Eleanor hired her through 
Contessa Allegra Valentina De Fontaine. Uh, Valentina yeah, Allegra I, De Fontaine. So, uh, from what I understand, um, she she wanted uh, to kill Clint to, you know, get him to stop fucking around with her daughter, and so. Uh, I would imagine that uh, Allegra, or whatever you want to call her, fucking Val, was... Uh, don't call her Val. I'll call her whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> uh, is... Uh, and then I have a sniper outside my window. Um, <laughs> is... Uh, I think she's like the the fixer, right? The middleman. Like, you, okay, yeah. you go to her to be like, hey... Here's a guy I want dead. Can you make it happen? And she's like, sure. And then she finds an appropriate assassin. Okay. Sure, I'll buy that. Uh, I've been just I've been into, Go ahead. I've been in the the whole industry of fixers ever since I was getting ready for cyberpunk. So yeah. <laughs> uh, just side note on her, I still think that's one of the best character entrances of all time. Is hi, I'm Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Actually, it's Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. And then she says, look, I know it's hard, so just call me Val. But don't call me Val. Just keep that in your head. Uh, That's one of the best character entrances of all time. I really love it. Sure. I just want to know what the fuck to call her, because I'm not calling her by her full name. Yeah. I mean, as long as you never meet her, you can probably just call her Val. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I could always shorten uh, the first name and just call her your god i guess you I could say, i won't say it on your podcast yeah, I'm more you'd be you'd be fine saying it on your podcast yeah but <laughs> i think the joke is clear to anyone who who thinks about it for a second oh, lord yeah we're not british that's not a that's not a word we can just throw around oh, anyway I fuck the rules i'm a rebel <laughs> So we move from there, and something else happens. Uh, I can't remember. What happens after we get Kingpin threatening Eleanor? We get Kingpin Kingpin just standing near Kazi, and Kazi is shaking. He is terrified standing that close to Kingpin, and I thought that was great. Yeah, man. That's a dude that didn't decapitate a man, but mulched his head in a car door. But the scene later... Where he like rips the door off the car and pulls her out. I was like, dear God, no. Oh no. Oh no. I know what he can do. I know what he can yeah. do around cars. Get him away from the car. Yeah. <laughs> uh I I sometimes forget that like you you know, I, I feel like Marvel has such a loose definition of where superhuman begins, right? Because yeah. they're they're like uh yeah, technically uh, Kingpin doesn't have any uh, like uh, superpowers. It's just that he's like 350 pounds and he's like 5% body fat. And I'm like, okay, but do you know that having that build is still like an, a mutant abomination freak of nature? Yeah. So like, yeah. he's he's still clearly outside of the realms of what we consider normal human. It's just that he wasn't juiced with gamma or serum or something. Yeah, maybe he's a maybe he is a mutant. I don't know. I feel like the X Men are just gonna be like, we we don't we don't claim him. Yeah, he's not he's not one of our I'm not gonna You can keep him. 
Um, so we get, uh, we're at the party. Oh, we get them creating lots of trick errors. That was fun. And was Kate is fun. labeling them. I love seeing them do that. Cause I was like, there's no way that Clint is incapable of making his own in the first couple episodes where he was like, I only have a limited amount. I'm like, make more. And yeah. we, we get in this episode. It's like, it, it's clearly a lot of work. It takes a lot of technical know-how. You got to have the resources. And I'm sure he got higher quality things from S.H.I.E.L.D. But, right. uh, or, you know, even from Stark Tech. But he is capable of making more on his own. It's just he he wasn't really, like, going to war yet like he, <laughs> like he was in the finale. Yeah. I, I love that they make new ones. I love that she labels the new ones. That was mm-hmm. fun. That owl fucking murdered three men. The owl killed them. <laughs> owls, they fucking owls are birds of prey. He, he that tore that truck open and he ate those men. <laughs> he, that truck got hit with the pim arrow and then they're just staring at it like it's a fucking matchbox car at their feet. And That was the uh, funniest Kate, thing of him Kate saying, is I'll like, have to ask Scott about that one. <laughs> what, what happens now? Huh. I don't know. I gotta ask Scott. And the owl just comes through and picks it up and they're just like, well. Well, there's that. Yeah, they're just like, let's not think about that too hard. Oh, man. That's so funny. I I also love the 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 one guy with his uh, relationship issues comes back <laughs> and he goes, I listened to your advice about the Imagine Dragons. We're going to see Maroon 5 instead. And and she goes, oh, that's great, you know? And he goes, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for it. And she goes, yeah, what's the gun for? And he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> she flattens him. Yeah. Oh, man, they were definitely murdering and maiming a bunch of those guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Fortunately, most Marvel heroes don't seem to care. <laughs> the people who survived have, like, um, fucking needles embedded in their body now, so. Yep. And they also really did the from being electrocuted. Yeah, and they did the sonic arrow and the giant explosion arrow and everything. Oh, oh, they they did it. They did the quarter flick. They did it. Yeah, you were right. They they check offs they check offs quarter flipped the uh, <laughs> the finale. I told you I was like, there's no way you spend that much time showing off this uh, seemingly harmless trick. Uh, you know come back at the end because it's a it's a thing of like my mentor taught me this and i was able to use yep. it to win the day yeah and that, uh, she sets off all of the trick arrows <laughs> at she, once. Cr- she creates a chain reaction of one arrow setting off another <laughs> setting off another until it sets off the massive bomb arrow yeah and i got what i mean again sorry go on oh uh okay. i was just saying this is what I mean when I'm like, you have to classify, uh, like, he might not be a mutant in the way of, like, oh, yeah, I shoot lasers from my eyes, or, oh, yeah, I can teleport escape dimension, but he's definitely got a body that was born, what, deformed? Yeah, that it's dude different. is not a regular human. He is built different on a very little... <laughs> he took an explosion right under him and got thrown across the room and he was smoking, his clothes were burning, and he got up and was like, ouch. Ooh. Ah. 
Yeah, like he's stumbling a little bit when he walks away, but he should be dead. So he's definitely yeah. not a normal human. Apart. <laughs> uh, I absolutely. Oh, I was about to say I have to watch it again. But uh, was that the same cufflink from the that his dad gave him, or not that he dad gave him that he took from his dad after brutally I... murdering him with a hammer? So he's always wearing them, right? Like that's his thing. Yeah, well, I guess after he meets Vanessa, he starts wearing different cufflinks. But then I don't know if something changed with that. But I think that was the same cufflink that that was his dad's cufflinks. Anyway, I gotta look at it again. It's been many years since I watched the first two seasons of Daredevil. And I never watched season three, so. Okay, I'm on a rewatch right now. I gotta keep track of if he goes back to his dad's cufflinks at all by the end of the the series. Because so far in season one, like... The first few episodes you see him, he's got his dad's cufflinks, and then he meets Vanessa, and she makes him put on different cufflinks. Um, women, am I right? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Great sexism. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. I, I, I almost said the c word. <laughs> you, you did women. <laughs> oh Lord, this is this is a rough episode for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay, we're at the Christmas party. Um, the, oh, Yelena walks in looking spectacular. The green coat and the makeup and the hair. That was, that was, that was a look. I wasn't That's a, a look fan of the hair, but the rest was... I thought it was all... I was like, yeah, Yelena, this, more of this. This is awesome. I just, I, I've never really been into, like, mohawk-style hairs, and this, like, yeah, it's, it's braided, but only down the middle. It was like... <laughs> I love the may I check in your coat? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the fucking LARPers were, uh... The LARPers! It was great! The LARPers saved the day. I do think it's a bit of a weird thing that the LARPers didn't, you know, put on their police and EMT uniforms and well, instead the, put on their LARPing costumes. The, the, the joke there, right, uh, was that, like, in this world, you're more likely to listen to someone who looks oh. like a Thor Asgardian superhero re- than you would to be listening to a police officer. Because they were like, look, we are trained professionals. But that's not skills- enough. Okay. Yeah. I get yeah. it now. That's very funny. I can't wait to watch yeah, it Yeah, so, so they, they put on the outfits and people just assumed, oh, you guys must be heroes. Sure, we'll listen to you. Yep. They did the ultimate cliche in the book of noticing a sniper laser in a glass of champagne and then telling someone to duck. Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe they went that cliched with it. I had fun anyway, but it was that was the ultimate cliche. Uh, there was a... I remember there was something else that happened that bugged me with the... Um, like I feel like there was there was something that Clint did at one point when he was at the window that I was like really that was your go-to move like I, I can't remember what it was it, I care oh you mean where he's like shooting back at him or before that No there it was like there was a situation where I feel like the obvious idea was to just shoot someone and take him out but like he he didn't do that or was it even him look it's been a few days um <laughs> and i've i've been focusing on other stuff because i've had time off work so yeah like 
I probably should have rewatched the episode before doing yeah, this. I apologize. Does it look like I do research for these? Um, I, I've only watched it once, and I watched it like Wednesday morning. Uh, Him uh, getting flung into the tree was one of the things where I was like, do you not have a single grappling arrow? Not one? Yeah, I guess it's hard for him to, like, because well, he was trying to swing on the grapple that was there, right? And then yeah, that and it breaks, broke. and then he falls into and... the tree, and then I interpreted it as he can't move or he's going to die. Like, if he if he reaches for an arrow, he's going to fall out of the tree. Or... Well, it's like when, when, the, when the line broke, he was flailing until he hit the tree. Right. And I was like, can't you do that thing? that you did in Avengers where you in slow-mo shoot the building. Yeah. He probably, he would probably have time to, to grapple arrow if he jumped out of the tree, but maybe he's like tangled in the lights or something. I don't know. My, my best excuse I can make was in Avengers. He did that expecting to leap off and fire that arrow. And he caught, he got caught off guard and that, kept him from like reacting for the couple seconds it would take for him to hit the tree. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um my I think my single favorite moment in this entire episode is Jack hearing the gunfire and going, oh, yeah. "Okay, Jack. This is it. It's your time." He's they, like, they "This really... is some rich dude and he's going to go be a hero." They they're really got me with jack because i was like i feel like it might be like it's too easy it might be a bait and switch i think either i think either you said it or like i thought it i can't remember but at some point in my head i was like it it wouldn't be shocking me if the mom was actually the bad guy but i thought jack would still be a bad guy he just like like a tertiary one but But no it was brilliant to cast uh tony dalton (laughs) <laughs> who's really good at playing very pleasant but extremely unlikable so that you would just have to assume that he's going to be some sort of asshole by the end actually, of the show. Actually, you know, you know why they cast him. I, I, just as you said that, it clicked in from my mind now. I know why they did it. Because right. he is the ultimate actor for a bait and switch for people to not expect the red herring even as they are expecting the red herring because if you watched Hot Fuzz that movie very blatantly presented him as a red herring and they were like except the red herring was a red herring he was the bad guy we were being that obvious all along so I went in going oh they're treating him as the bad guy and I'm supposed to assume that he won't be the bad guy but like Hot Fuzz he will be but no it was just a normal red herring and I was like fuck yeah, he's just a rich played. Just a rich dude who's good at fencing and wants to help people, as it turns out. Yeah, he really, he ha- he has a weird thing for swords. <laughs> and, um, like, I guess technically, because one of my big things was, well, he's got to be bad. He was all up in that black market auction, but he was also clearly there to fuck with his uncle a little bit. So, yeah, it's like, mm, I-, I guess that's not really, like, super nefarious. So I guess it's more um, just he knows his uncle's a criminal asshole and he's just messing with him (laughs) yeah and also he really likes swords he's like i want that sword though yeah he loves swords and i Um, love when he i love when he shows up and he's definitely disemboweling people like he's fucking murdering (laughs) those those tracks but then when kate says get all the civilians out of here and they go what about him 
And she goes, yeah, he's on our side, but you should probably get him out of here, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they were like, he, lo- he looks like he's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, this episode was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, the, um... I was, I was like, really upset when they toppled the Rockefeller Christmas tree. It made me, it really hurt me. Did it? I was so sad. I love, like, that's, like, one of my favorite uh, things about Christmas. One of my favorite landmarks. I remember going to see the Rockefeller Christmas tree when I was little. And I was like, no, you can't. You can't ruin the tree. <laughs> she, she fired Melf's acid arrow. <laughs> I know you You probably don't play Dungeons & Dragons, do you? I do not. Okay, you won't get that then. Got it. <laughs> There's there's a spell in Dungeons and Dragons called Melf's Acid Arrow, and um, and she fired an acid arrow, and so I thought I'll tell Miranda you said that she loves D and D, so she will probably get it. Okay, I sorry off topic. I also <laughs> saw a thing recently that was like, uh, you can you can make a new spell in Dungeons and Dragons by changing one letter of an existing uh spell. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you come up with? And people were coming up with like, you know, uh, really interesting and clever stuff. But then somebody was just like MILF Sassad Arrow. <laughs> and it, 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 it summons a hot MILF that fires an acid arrow. Fair enough. <laughs> might, might as well happen. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, so, shit, I, I, I learned that spell. Yeah. Okay. So then we <laughs> can't. <laughs> we get Clint out of the tree and uh, they did good at this like four way standoff we got Clint, Yelena Kazi and uh, Maya all on opposing sides all fighting each other and yeah. and they kind of immediately split up where Yelena is going off to kill I called it by the way people were wondering I, I don't remember if this was on the show or not but I remember people were saying that it's dumb and weird that Yelena didn't just kill Clint because she had several chances to on the rooftop. And instead she left. And I was like, she probably wants to like talk to him a little bit first. And I was right. She wanted to talk to him first. Uh, she, she, wanted to, she wanted to know why he did what he yeah, did the, or what she thinks the, he did. The impetus for her actions was uh, grief and confusion and not... I it like she will say I'm sure he did it. I know he did it, but those are justifications she's making to try and make her feel she has some semblance of control over the situation. Yeah, she's and grieving. So so you can't trust what she's saying directly there. First of all, she's a black widow. Don't trust what she's saying directly. But yeah. also like in in a person's moments of grief they feign that they're sure of what they want to do, but when the moment comes, they're not. And I feel like people who are fans of Marvel should know a little bit about how these things work by now, because like Marvel is very accurate with how they portray um, trauma victims and grief victims. That's and, a good point. And I, I wish some superhero fans would learn a little bit more about basic Politics, basic psychology. These are things that are inherently tied into superheroes like 90% <laughs> of the time. And if you know nothing about them, the, like 
stick to fucking the superhero squad show or you know other like <laughs> children level i'm not saying you can't like superheroes but maybe don't get too involved in the deeper discussions that superheroes bring to the table all right yeah stick uh, to, i thought that was really, really well done with elena yeah uh, that entire scene with her and clint uh talking and he just you know starts laying it out there and she, you know, she can look him in the eyes and realize that he's telling the truth. And yeah, and when Clint it, does the whistle, it broke my heart. I didn't even like catch it at first, and then when she reacted, I was like, "Oh yeah, that was a thing from that movie." Okay. Yeah, it really got to me to to hear that. Yeah, you remember, I'm a very sound based person. I remember everything I hear. My my problem is that when I heard the whistle, the first thing I thought of was Carly and the Flag Smashers. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it it, it got to me uh, when he did the, the little the little whistle and uh, her reaction was she's a great actress. Yeah, her her reaction to that was incredible, and then she just walks away. I I wanted. I wanted a bit more resolution. That's something I'll say about this episode. And and I saw this put really well by someone on Twitter. I wish I could give them credit. I've forgotten who it was. But they said that the Netflix Marvel series had an odd fascination with 13 episodes. And it was always too long. There were always like two or three episodes in the middle that you easily could have cut. But then these Disney Plus shows seem to be hyper-fixed, with the exception of WandaVision, on having six episodes, and they all feel like there's just one too many plot threads to wrap up in those six. Like, you maybe should have had a seventh, or maybe you just make the sixth a half hour longer. I don't know, but it th- this episode does feel very much the way that the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale felt to me, where there's just a couple little things that I wanted touched on a bit more, and the main one is I want to know where Yelena is going next. For for me, I guess my question to you to respond to that would be, what did you expect her to do? That's a good. I have I had no expectation. I just want to know where she uh, went. I, I I but I think that's sort of the one. It's sort of the point because again with with like the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. And I understand the criticism. I do. I I'm not, I'm not saying it's not valid, but I think if you shift your paradigm and remember that these shows are less to be conclusions and more to be intermediary steps between movies. Yeah. Fair uh, so it, it's supposed to leave on a continuing thread for her story. It, there, there's not, not every character gets resolution in these series because their resolution will come in a future movie. Um, like Wanda with uh, Multiverse of Madness seems like it might. Yeah. You know, um, but but with Yelena, it also just makes sense on a logical level. She's not exactly a huggy type of person. And, you know, coming to the realization that Clint didn't actually kill her sister. Yeah, it's great in that it makes her not want to kill Clint, but she's still left with this feeling of powerlessness that like, her sister's death was completely something outside of her control. And now she's got to go through the actual proper grieving process. And so it makes sense that she'd just be kind of like, all right, fuck this. And then just leave. Like, yeah, that's, that's fair enough. At, at, at a point like that, you just kind of want to be alone to think about things, you know? 
Yeah, true. Um, what, what else have we got? We've got Kingpin, yeah, ripping ripping a car door off and and trying to get to Eleanor, and then that Kate. Fight, that Go fight ahead. with Kate was so stressful. I felt like he could have pulled her. I was uh, scared. It, it's just that he didn't take her seriously as a threat, and he was hyper focused on killing Eleanor. And so, like, every time Kate went to hit him, he's just, like, fuck off and, like, swatting her away. Yeah. And, like, it was more like she was an annoyance, and ultimately that was the thing that saved her was she flew so far below his radar, which is a funny subversion on what she was trying to do with Clint, where she's like, you're too below everyone's radar. And he's like, (laughs) you know, below everyone's radar is where I operate best. And that's actually what saved her. That's a good point. I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, look, I, she I, she shoots him in the chest with an arrow, <laughs> and he's fine. Yeah, and he like just knocks it off, and she's just like, "What the fuck?" Not so much as an ow. <laughs> yeah, it just 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 knocks it off and, and keeps going. Um, yeah, and that's, that's why I'm like, his are his muscles made of fucking like Kevlar? What is this shit? They must be. Although we do, if if it's the same one, and Vincent D'Onofrio claims it's the same guy, um, and we know that his his suits are made of like some sort of extreme Kevlar something, so that, I, that probably helps. When I, when I first saw that, I was like, oh, maybe he's got a bulletproof vest. That would make sense. But then everyone was reacting like it was crazy. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just wrong. I think also his I, I I'm assume he still has those ridiculously hard to hurt suits. So. That also helps him. Yeah, again, that huge bomb only like tore a few chunks off his suit. So, yeah, so and that was the one that wearing. Clint labeled too dangerous. Yes, this is the too dangerous one. The too dangerous one still didn't kill the kingpin. Yeah, that tells you why Clint was worried about him all this time. The yeah, most exactly. dangerous thing Clint can come up won't hurt him. Which. Is a big old bomb arrow really the most dangerous arrow? I would argue maybe one of the Pym arrows. The Pym arrow is definitely the most dangerous arrow. The, the, the acid arrow, like, it doesn't matter how tough he is. That would have fucking ate through his body. Yeah, you erased the lives of three men with that Pym arrow. That is <laughs> definitely the most dangerous one. <laughs> did, did, he had an enlarging one, too, right? Yeah, he had the enlarging one. That's terrifying. Yeah, I, uh, like, I, whenever people, I don't think people always appreciate how threatening enlargement as an ability can truly be, uh, but, like, let, let me put it to you this way, I, I played, uh, an RPG, uh, or, like, a role-playing game once, uh, where I had my own superhero character who his deal was he had, like, a robot suit that could shoot little chemical pellets, right, mm-hmm. and, um, his like ultimate chemical pellet he made was essentially a pim pellet, right? Like it, it could shrink and enlarge stuff. Yeah. And uh, in like a moment of truth kind of thing, where a supervillain was about to kill his comrades, he shot his own arm with the pellet, and he punches as his arm enlarges, and it's like the villain got hit by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> they just got fucking flying. Now, I'm not sure where this stands, but I'm pretty sure that it's like if you're not inside of a non-organic thing, then if you enlarge or shrink a person, they just turn into goo. 
I think. No, 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 that's Is not that, true. That's um, not true anymore. The, the goo thing was only because Darren Cross uh, hadn't perfected the pin particle yet, but then he okay. shrunk that lamb. Remember? Yeah, but he put it in a thing. He, he no, no. Sh- he couldn't shrink he, it until he put it inside of a container. No, it's the okay. The pin particle can affect both inorganic and organic matter, and if it's dispersing properly, it will affect both within a contained space. So, like when it hit the truck, it also hit the guys inside of the truck and it shrunk them all equally. Right. But if there's a problem with the dispersal, then uh, stuff can get really fucked up. Darren got crushed inside of his own suit uh, because the suit shrunk and he didn't. Okay. Uh, so we've seen that uh, organic matter uh, can be shrunken. It doesn't need to be in a container. And like, yeah, they they shrunk the... Uh, again, the way they were presenting it in the Ant-Man movie was that he hadn't worked out all the kinks because he was trying to recreate the pen particle. Right. Okay. So in that case, you definitely needed, you just need a bunch of pim arrows and you should have shrunk the kingpin. Uh, (laughs) Although I guess if you ant-manify the kingpin, he becomes more dangerous. And now you can't see him coming. Yeah. Uh, But does it it doesn't always work like that it's very they the the rules of how it works are very ambiguous because you know when it's someone who's using the pin particles themselves it's like yeah i can leap super high as a tiny little guy and my punches are like bullets and everything but then like a, a truck gets turned into a matchbox car and it it like when thomas the uh, tank engine thing hit it just like fell over uh when the truck or or well i guess that one wasn't shrunk but still uh like their their little trucks aren't like blowing through shit like they're they're treated like toy cars if if it was really the case that the science actually hashed out all the time then that uh hank had a keychain of should have been as heavy as a tank yeah there's so many scientific inconsistencies in it, man. Oh, well, it's a comic Ooh. book, and I don't care. Sorry for the beeping. I was making fries. No, you're good. Um, so we we have Kingpin. Oh, so Eleanor gets arrested. Cool. Um, oh, and fuck her for being like, is that what heroes do? Rest their own, yeah, arrest their own mothers? Yeah, you, Eleanor. Oh, my God. Like, first of all, it being Christmas is happenstance. Second of all, yeah, if their own mothers are hiring assassins and murdering people and committing crimes, then yes, I think Thor would like to have a talk with you about heroes versus their families. Yeah, what kind of Christmas do you think this is? You hired a Black Widow to kill an Avenger. Yeah, like, you you don't fucking get off of crimes just because it's a holiday. What, you think, like, <laughs> oh, in the Christmas spirit, we're going to ignore the fact that you tried to murder people? Yeah, that that was so. Oh God, I hate Eleanor now. Um, like, I that... I did I never liked her, but now I like really hate Eleanor. I I am I really didn't like her from the start because the way she was just being so flippant with yeah with Kate about everything. And I, I earlier I had said I think that the arc is going to be the typical like she needs to learn to trust her daughter, but it it totally makes sense now why she was being so flippant 
because it's not that she didn't trust her daughter. It's that she knew her daughter was right. It's just that she was looking at the wrong person as the villain. And she was the villain. And she was trying to keep Kate off the trail by being like, it's not a big deal. You're overthinking things. Yep. So she then, was being manipulative. Uh, oh, and Jack uh, gets in with the, uh, the, the LARPers. That made me so happy. <laughs> Jack is going to be a LARPer now. LARPing? Is yeah. that some sort of leisure activity? Uh, he's God. I love him now. I just I've I've always liked Tony Dalton as an actor. I think he's great. Uh, I mostly know him from Better Call Saul. Uh, oh yeah, and he's great it, in that. He's basically, or is it Timothy Dalton? Now you've got me second guessing myself. Damn it! I gotta I gotta go look. Are I'm they gonna... like? Are they two different people? Because I'm gonna feel like a jackass now. Hold up. Okay, who's in it? Tony Dalton is definitely the guy in Hawkeye and in Better Call Saul. Was he also in um, Hot Fuzz? I assume he was. I don't remember much of Hot Fuzz, um, but he, he easily could have been. Um, well, I, I thought it was Timothy Dalton, so I might. Yeah, oh, you I'll might be thinking up. of two different people. Anyway, I mostly know him from Better Call Saul, where he basically plays the same character, but without the red herring. Uh, where Damn he's... it. <laughs> you got him mixed up? I sure did. Ah, well. Um, but Tony Dalton in Better Call Saul basically plays the same character, but without the red herring, where he's this ridiculously polite and charming dude who's just a really bad guy. And he's bad news, and something bad's going to happen when you see him. But he's so polite and charming to everyone that it's like, man, I love this guy's vibe, but I hate him so much. And so when he showed up here playing what I thought was basically the same character, I was convinced. I was like, oh, man, he's going to be such a problem later because this is what he does. He's very polite, and then he's evil. But nope, he's just a, he's just a wacky dude. <laughs> Who's rich and loves swords? I love Jack so much. He might be one of my favorite. He's like one of my top. Like aside from Clinton, Kate, I think he's my favorite character in this. Yeah, uh, that last episode did a lot to uh, make him very likable. And I love the I love in episode five when he gets arrested and he goes, "I've obviously been framed." Don't worry, darling. I'll figure it out. I'll be back in time for the Christmas party. You'll see. <laughs> he's so charming and pleasant, and he's like never worried about anything. I just really like it. Yeah, that scene is very recontextualized now. Now that we know that he actually was innocent. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that, that guy's great. So then we get uh, Kingpin wandering out into the alley. And he is confronted by Maya. And he says, Maya, we're family. And we don't always see eye to eye. And then we pan up, gunshot. I think we hear a body thud on the ground, I'm pretty sure. And then uh, and then that's that's it for, for uh, Willie for now, perhaps. Perhaps he'll come back. Perhaps he's not dead, maybe. If they're doing what they did in the comics. Um, do you know that comic panel? It's been trending a lot lately on Twitter. Mm, no. 
where because there is a part in the comics where Maya figures out that Wilson Fisk had her father killed, and then she shoots him in the face, and then he's fine, but he's lost his eyes, so now he's blind. And then I think <laughs> the irony. I know. And then later he gets uh, some sort of surgery and he's okay and he can see again. But I, I'm betting that's where we're going. I'm betting I'm betting he shows up in the Echo series and he's like blind. That's what I think we're going for. I hope. I I'm pretty sure they didn't kill Vincent D'Onofrio after one appearance. Yeah, I'm I mean, pretty sure. I I was kind of assuming that it would be a thing where like she shot next to him, like didn't actually shoot him because I, yeah, I was I guess like it could be I think we heard a body thud though I I didn't hear that but okay you know, well I'm not maybe maybe I'm crazy maybe this was one of those <laughs> another cliche of the look I spared you but don't cause any more trouble or I'll come back and kill you for real maybe either way it... I'm pretty sure Wilson Fisk is not dead yeah I'm quite I think sure. It would be very odd. If... if we find out that they actually killed Wilson Fisk here, I'm gonna be. I I will think that is a huge mistake on Marvel's part. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure agree. he's not dead. And then we get to go to Christmas Day, and he made it. He made it home for Christmas. I was so worried this whole show that he yeah. wasn't gonna make it home. And he brings he Kate, and he brings he Lucky until, the like, pizza dog. He didn't get there until like uh, noon, but it still counts. He's still <laughs> there. Um, and yeah, like the the whole thing of the dog being named Lucky, I I got spoiled for that by the fucking old Twitter where uh, they were like, "Oh, here's Jeff uh, Jeremy Renner uh, with Lucky." And I'm like, "Oh, so you're- okay." And this was after episode like. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess uh, it's it's he's lucky in the comics, right? Cause... I didn't know this dog. Okay, there there is a dog, I think, with one eye, named Lucky the Pizza Dog, in the comics, and so I was like, okay, yeah, they're gonna call him Lucky at some point. I don't know how they're gonna come up with that name, and I don't think they explained how they came up with that name. They just. He just shows up and Kate starts calling it Lucky in the final episode. Probably because he didn't get hit by a car. I mean, probably, yeah. But just that no one ever, there was no scene of, I think we should call him Lucky. It was just, <laughs> just on well, Christmas Day, they start calling him Lucky. Uh, what, what's his name? Funny. Gra- Gry- Grills. Grills. Grills had said, like, I've been thinking of a name for your dog. Okay, close enough. I'll take it. And we do our little Christmas Day celebration. I wish that they had brought... Uh, I mean, Yelena's not the type, but it still would have been fun, especially since Natasha loved Clint's family as well. That would have been a cool uh, interaction to see. Uh, Yelena wouldn't have done it <laughs> if, if, if it had been an option for her. But also... I wish Jack had been able to come to Christmas because he probably didn't have anyone to spend Christmas with now because his, his wife framed him and then got arrested. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, then we get where Laura Barton is handed back the Rolex that we've been worrying about this whole time 
and we flip it over. We see a shield logo, uh, revealing that Laura was a shield agent at some point. And um, I'm a little confused about why everyone wanted this watch. Um, I get why Clint and Laura wanted it back, but I don't get why Kingpin was sending the tracksuit mafia to get it. Uh, what so, was the? I I think what the deal is there. I feel like Kingpin probably knows, or at least has a strong suspicion that Hawkeye was Ronan, okay, who fucked enough. with a lot of his business dealings. And you know how Kingpin operates. Oh, you attacked my family. Okay, and that watch again yeah, could bash your head in with could, a car door. Uh, the the watch could um, lead him to Clint's family as a result. Okay. I wonder how he knew that. I guess that's just one of those things we got to assume that somehow he figured that out, that the watch will help him with that. Yeah, I mean, well, let's... There's there's any number of ways that S.H.I.E.L.D. intel could have leaked over the years. And that's having a true. Lot of All of it leaked. That's true, I see. Like, so, yeah, so true. That, okay. Having Kingpin is the one character I would buy that would be able to get his hands on intel, like there's a watch out there that has a transceiver to Hawkeye's family. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. That's been bugging me. <laughs> um, okay. Now we get to get into uh, uh, the it's all canon argument because it's all canon. It's all, look at me. It's all <laughs> canon, dear listener. <laughs> yeah. Until they say it's not. And no, they haven't. James Gunn doesn't count. And, and people keep saying, well, Feige said it's not canon. No, they didn't. He, he said didn't. he said the Disney Plus shows will interconnect for the first time, meaning they'll feed back into the movies for the first time. He's never said, but the old stuff is no longer part of the story. It's yeah, just it's a small that... part that doesn't really affect anything else, but it's there. It's not that there was no connection before. It's just that the connection was largely one way because the movies would influence Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the movies would influence Daredevil or the movies would influence Luke Cage. But the shows would never influence the movies in return. So now he's saying it's a two-way street with these series. Right. And it's, you know, they didn't affect the, the movies because they were on a very small scale. Yeah. But these these series are less to be different stories set in the same world, and they're more meant to be, hey, we want to tell stories that probably wouldn't fit as cleanly in a movie, and maybe people wouldn't be as interested to see as a movie, but we want to continue character stories from the movies. Yeah, and yeah we'll use these as transition pieces to get to where we want to be for the next movie we want that character in without having to be like, oh, so what? Wanda had a family and then uh, lived in a cottage off screen? What the fuck? It's like, well, now you get that (laughs) off screen story. Yeah, and yeah, so people are now arguing that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer canon because uh, the watch has a 19 on it. And this Dude. means that Laura Barton was Agent 19. And in the comic books, Agent 19 is Mockingbird. And Mockingbird in the comics is named Bobby Morse. And Bobby Morse was a character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Therefore, Laura Barton 
is Bobby Morse and it's not canon, but none of those things were stated to us. Here's here's a couple of things I got to tell you about one for one identity transition from comics to MCU. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's with, never it's so often not true. Whiplash and Crimson Dynamo are not the same character, and yet Iron Man two still happened. Uh, fucking, I just had another one. Shit, what was it? <laughs> God damn it! It slipped my mind that fast. But they they very regularly change what the oh aldrich killian was just some dude in iron man extremis he wasn't the fucking mandarin he 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 wasn't uh the leader of the extremis project even he was just a a guy with extremis aldrich killian in the comics was more akin to that dude with the buzz cut okay um yeah, and you know, Sylvie, I, they kind of blended the Enchantress and Lady Loki. Yeah, like, this is not the first time that they've changed what a character is. And and again, I can't believe I, I have to bring this one up, but because of all this, but in the comics, Nick Fury was white! Shut the <laughs> fuck up! Um, yeah, it's so yeah the primary arguments for of course it's still canon no one ever called bobby agent 19 i don't know if they called her mockingbird or not but they definitely never called her agent 19 i think i think so, like off um off show extra material referred to her as mockingbird but it's fine because again they but they not agent 19 Agent 19 and Mockingbird are two different characters in the MCU. Yeah, so one possibility, Agent 19 isn't Mockingbird in this universe. Two separate people. Whatever. Other possibility, Agent 19 is Mockingbird, and it's a title that was passed down from Laura like 15 years ago whenever she retired. Yeah, like um, 007. Yeah, it's, it's easily something that was just passed on to Bobby. Now, see, had they said that Laura... If it, if it had said, like, Bobby on the watch and they had made some allusion to the fact that Laura had changed her name from Bobby Morse from back in the day, then you'd have me dead to rights and I'd say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer canon. That would be an irreparable retcon. But they didn't do it. Yeah. I would also this say is it would not probably Bobby be more Morse. Like... This is Laura Barton. I would also say it would probably be more likely that Laura would have passed the Agent 19 mantle on to Bobby, if anything, because Bobby was active in more recent years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Did I, oh, did I say I, that backwards? I, I, might I don't know, maybe backwards. I heard it backwards. I kind of wasn't paying full attention, so... I could have said it backwards. Yeah, that Laura passed on Agent 19 to Bobby whenever she retired, which would have been like 15, 20 years ago. I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't think she's been a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent for a long time. But... I, what bothers me the most about this is it still canon argument is that people keep saying, well, look at how much stretching you're having to do to say that it's canon. That's not how you should be looking at it. Because since there is no, there was an official, yes, it's canon back in 2015. And there's never been an official, no, it's not canon anymore. So you have to start from a place of assuming it's canon. And when you start from a place of assuming something's canon, you start headcanoning the reasons, the, you know, the little fill in the dots. 
Uh, and to to be like, oh well, isn't it a stretch? It's more of a stretch for you to be picking and choosing the way that they change character origins, or even like sometimes they'll make up characters and then give them a completely different identity to, than to what the identity is in the fucking comics. Like, uh, they they will change whatever. Again, Jarvis was a butler, not an AI. Uh, Tony was a sad, serious alcoholic, not a jokester. Fucking, uh, <laughs> uh, Baron Zemo was German and definitely a bad guy and a member of Hydra, not a Sokovian anti-hero, uh, who opposes Hydra. Like, you are either on board with the fact that this is a different continuity, so characters will hit similar beats, but have names and origins and identities changed as they see fit to fit in this universe, or you need to stop fucking watching the MCU. It's not one for one translated from the comics, and when you're like, oh, well, I don't think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canon. Well, then do you not think that 90% of the MCU is canon? Yeah, that's and, and I do feel like those kinds of fill-in-the-dots just happen to you when you're assuming something's canon. Like, we opened uh, you know, Captain America Winter Soldier with him being a full-fledged S.H.I.E.L.D. agent working with the strike team. And yeah, it's they like, didn't wait a minute, wait a minute, work. last time we saw him, he was hanging out with the Avengers, and he was shaking Tony's hand, how'd he get here? The Avengers isn't canon, because we didn't, we didn't get an explanation of how, how he got here. It's, exactly. You headcanoned it. You headcanoned Dude. how he got from point A to point B, just like you have to headcanon why Agent 19 can be both of those people. Because they're both canon, because Kevin Feige told you they're both canon, and he never told you otherwise. If the events of the Incredible Hulk from 2008 are canon, which they have been proven to be multiple times now, then yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can be canon. I love that a lot of people said it wasn't canon until they brought back Ross and the Abomination. And it's like, that shouldn't be how canon works for you. We, it's... It's canon. It's clearly part of the story. Downey shows up at the end of the movie. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's definitely part of the story. And, it's, and it's, it's equally weird to me that people spent eight years thinking The Incredible Hulk wasn't canon because they recast Mark Ruffalo. When, when Don Cheadle's right here and it's like, hey, yeah. guys, stop picking and choosing. Yep. Be consistent. Either you get confused and you can't wrap your mind around an actor replacing another actor and, you know, a character looking different as a result, or you can, in which case you should not be having this much fucking issue with the Incredible Hulk. And you should similarly not be having this much issue with Agent 19. Yeah. And so uh, the, the mentality I keep going back to is that, and this is the simplest way I can put it for people who who hate that it's canon or desperately want it not to be. Which, by the way, I should mention because people keep saying, well, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Because if tomorrow Kevin Feige says it's not canon or tomorrow they say that Laura Barton used to be Bobby Morse, I'm going to say, OK, as of now, today, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is no longer canon. But I will still have been right yesterday when I said it was. Because, <laughs> exactly. 
because up to that point, it was definitely still canon. Because the 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 black and white way that I can put it is that Feige said yes, it's canon. He said everything's canon in twenty fifteen. He said everything, no matter how far on the outskirts, inhabits the same. Co- it was someone was asking him if TV characters might show up in Infinity War, uh, and he was saying. Everything, no matter how far in the outskirts, inhabits the same continuity, so certainly that possibility exists. That's the line I keep going. Also, the fact that someone asked him about a plot hole in Age of Ultron, they were like, hey, Nick Fury just kind of had a helicarrier? That was weird. And he goes, watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week and you'll know. Yep. It's like, yeah, Feige told them to go watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to fill a plot hole in Age of Ultron because he said it was canon. And that you have to go with that's the official statement and there's never been an official statement to contradict that he's never come out and said it's not canon anymore if he does then i'm with you it's not canon anymore but today right now it's definitely still canon right now i saw um uh, somebody said something that clued me on on why people are having this issue and or at least one of the contributing factors somebody was like Ever since the Quicksilver thing, I don't trust seeing these a- actors again. They're like, because they were fully expecting Vincent D'Onofrio to not actually be Kingpin. Um, okay. And so, okay. uh, and to that, I have to say, we've already seen characters from alternate realities who look exactly the same, but are very clearly different people because they're from like different upbringings. And you you need to accept that that has been the only time that they faked us out on i've actually come around on that because i used to hate that that happened but i don't remember if you said this or if i read this somewhere but someone said that it was actually a brilliant move because wanda is suffering through grief and trauma and she is desperate to have her brother back so she'll believe anyone is her brother, even though he looks nothing like him. So the show had to cast the one person that the audience would be just as desperate to believe as Wanda is. So it's our own desperation to have the brother back, to have Quicksilver back, tricked us all into falling for it, just like Wanda fell for it. I thought that was a pretty clever way to look at it. And I I've said kind like of come around on it. I said like the beginning bit of that. I didn't say all of that. Okay. I, I said uh, Wanda, you know, <laughs> could easily be fooled into thinking that this is her brother because in her desperation, she's willing to believe anything. But right. I definitely didn't go on to be like, and that matches the audience's desperation because that's smart, and I didn't think of that. Yeah, but, and, and when I looked at it that way, I'm like, all right, yeah, and also the world that they're in isn't quite real, so I don't expect Ralph Boners to happen everywhere. I've I've been making the joke ever since. I was like, man, Vincent D'Onofrio is going to show up and he, his name's going to be uh, Wilson Dick and, and he's going to be just some guy. That was a joke. I was kidding about that. I definitely don't expect a Ralph Boner scenario to happen again unless we're in another fake world. Yeah. Like, it's, it is an isolated incident. Uh, it was meant to fake us out in a situation we are supposed to empathize with the character because both parties are able to be faked out easily. And uh, 
And more often than not, if they have brought back actors, it is because they are reprising the same roles. When uh, fucking Colby Smulders comes back, you know that she's being Maria Hill. When the chick who plays Sith comes back, you know she's playing Sith. Uh, and and to be like, oh, well, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio might not be Kingpin. Why would he not be? Well, he might be an alternate universe one. Why would he be? Well, Literally and I mean, everything has said that this is the same universe and you are going through hoops to try and act like the TV shows from before are set in different universes because you have an expectation of an amount of interconnectivity. You want things to constantly like be brought up to remind you that this is the same continuity because either A, you have the memory of a goldfish or B... <laughs> You don't like the properties from before. If you don't like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's fine. I understand that. But to pretend that it's set in a different world, like literally the only time I started thinking, oh, wait, are we in a different world now? Is in the final season when they started fucking with time. And well, see, I started thinking I... it in season six when they didn't acknowledge the snap. And I just had and, and see again, I wasn't like. Oh well, I guess it's. I guess that proves that it's not canon. It's like, no, I'm still going with Kevin Feige's only official statement. I gotta assume it's canon. All right, let's think about how. And then I was like, okay, two possibilities: either dumb luck, none of the agents of Shield got dusted, and they're just kind of, you know, moving on. It's been a year since the tragedy, and they've got other shit to deal with. Or the time travel in season five branched them onto a new timeline in season six and seven take place in an adjacent timeline that, that's ultimately what i what i was thinking was that they wound up creating a branch timeline because of uh, all of the time travel that was happening in season five yeah and and that um they they wound up in an alternate timeline that either didn't have thanos or thanos was defeated differently but you know what maybe that was the timeline that i've been bitching about where uh dr strange bothered to look at like 20 more possible futures and was like oh wait actually, <laughs> yeah he he missed the one where ghost rider shows up and takes thanos to hell or where they make a portal around thanos's neck and then close it <clears throat> yeah uh, but yeah, so, you know, long story short, currently everything is canon. And there's, yeah. Cur- and, and yeah, like no one has to mention the time that, <clears throat> I don't know, uh, the purple man, you know, brainwashed the ducks and made a bunch of people try to kill each other. No one has to mention that in Avengers 6 for jessica jones to be canon it just it just is it's just there is and... it bad that when you said the purple man i thought you were talking about thanos still <laughs> <laughs> yes do um to, uh, Kilgrave is scarier than thanos i'm sticking with that he's, he's much definitely here yeah yeah definitely um oh man what was i about to oh i was about to say that also it's the same rules as star wars that it's like I mean, episode nine didn't mention the, uh, you know, episode nine didn't mention Din Djarin and Krogu. Therefore, the Mandalorian is not canon to Star Wars because it didn't feed back into the movie. Don't know what to tell you. Yeah, didn't happen. It's like you are missing the point of an entire cinematic universe if you think that everything 
has to like what you are thinking of is a singular series of movies where one movie goes into the next movie goes into the next movie goes into the next movie but this is a interconnected universe where all of these different stories can have radically different feels radically different messages and sometimes won't reference each other but they still exist within the same space because that's what a fucking universe is yeah and i I don't need to be reminded that fucking John Jacob Heimer or whatever is fucking like having drama with his uh, three estranged children and his dead wife. I don't know who that is. I just live in the (laughs) same world as this dude. I have my own story. And if someday I meet John Jacob fucking whatever, then then it'll be like, oh, we met because we exist in the same Whoa, world. Whoa, this is a wacky crossover episode. I had no idea our two lives existed in the same world. Exactly. They don't need to <laughs> all know each other and all constantly fucking hang out with each other or reference each other to be in the same world. Yeah, it would be like saying Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't canon until 2018 <laughs> when they showed yeah. up in Infinity War. Because until then, no one who was originally in Guardians showed up in any movies until 2018. So there were four years where Guardians of the Galaxy was not canon. That's not how it works. Uh Uh-huh. That's not how it works. Um, But yeah, same thing with Netflix, which is what I was saying earlier. To explain away any differences that Wilson Fisk has gone through, it's been eight years. Because people were like, well, he didn't mention Maya. I'm like, well, I mean, he clearly had some relationship with Maya in 2007. We don't know anything about their relationship from 2007 to 2019. And the Daredevil show takes place from 2014 to 2016, well within the window that this show doesn't acknowledge. So it's like, yeah, easily all these things could happen to the same guy. I mean, and, my, and he's got a mild be, sense of humor and started dressing flashier for parties. I don't know. My question would be why? Why would he mention Maya? He's not dealing with the tracksuit mafia section of his criminal empire in the Daredevil series. He's dealing more with the hand. Yeah. yeah. So, the fuck do you want? Like, <laughs> like it would be like if I'm uh, if I'm talking to you. And then I just am like, oh, I wish my niece could see me now. It's like, <laughs> that, that sure is out of fucking nowhere, isn't it? And it almost sounds like I'm just I'm just bringing up the fact that my other family member or friend or whatever is like a person in my life to let you know that I'm the same person, which, which would be fucking stupid if you have more memory than that of a goldfish. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. What was, I, what was I about to say? Oh, I do think though, that we have to assume that uh, Wilson has been juicing on something because he is definitely stronger than he was in Daredevil. Because uh, he's he is tossing Kate, like, across rooms. And I don't think we ever saw him just, like, casually throw Daredevil across a room or anything. Like, he hit him really hard. He'd, like, pick him up and, like, slam him into the ground. But I don't know. Maybe he was going easy. But I think, been, I think he's been juicing. I think I think ever since the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's been getting really into their shit. Yeah. 
because uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. showed that they had a number of kinds of enhancements uh, that True. are maybe not on the same level as something like a super soldier serum, but are effective. <laughs> yeah, he could have he could have. Yeah, he could have even tweaked the fucking uh, hide formula that Daisy's dad used, for all we know. Like, you just did something to make him not a gross forehead man. Yeah, I... God, the, the anti-canon people bother me. It just... it just the, all, the whole argument bothers me. Because it's so black and white to me. That you have a yes, but you have no no. There's never been a no. That's why I'm like, it all the fact that there just must be stuff that they don't like, so they don't want it to inhabit the same world. I guess. Which I say, dude, nobody likes Inhumans. It's but, canon. But there's no reason to believe that it doesn't exist, because all their shit is like on the moon or whatever. So who I haven't fuck? watched it, but as far <laughs> as I'm aware, it's canon, and I'm not going to say that it isn't just because I haven't watched it and don't like the 40 minutes, don't like the 25 minutes that I watched of the first episode. Yeah. It's a bad show. I've heard. Is that it? I think we've said what we need to, right? Yeah. I've had my angry rant about Agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. being canon. Oh, I did want to address too just since I'm all wound up about all the arguments these people use. Um, what are some other arguments that people use for anti-canon? They say Coulson was never mentioned in the Loki series when they're reviewing the timeline. Mo- Mobius has no reason to tell Loki that Coulson survived. He gains nothing from yeah, that. It, it would and be Mobius is constantly super- messing with Loki. He doesn't give a shit about telling him the truth. It would be a completely superfluous detail and kind of undermine his argument because he's trying to be like, yeah, you killed this dude. Don't you feel fucked up? To, to just be like, I mean, sure, he got better and went on adventures afterwards, but like... He like, got better. Why? Why, why would he say that? Like the it one, it wouldn't mean that Loki didn't murder him. It just meant that they happened to have resources to bring a man back. To yeah, because he fucking died for three days. It, Loki yeah. killed him. <laughs> and and two, again, just to, to say he's okay now would make Loki go, oh, so then there was no consequence for my actions. Cool. Yeah, he's okay now, but he's a robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have time to get into that, Mobius. <laughs> yeah anyway yeah uh, mobius has no reason to tell him that uh there's the dark hold looking different the dark hold canonically changes its appearance agents of shields makes that clear and the director of wandavision told us it's the same book so uh, apparently that book also looks different at, but is confirmed to be the same book in uh what is it uh cloak and dagger so it was either Cloak so and Dagger had, or Runaways. It shows up. We we had already established that that book has the ability to change appearances. Uh, yeah, and the director says it's the same book, <laughs> so it's like yeah. yeah. Um, and I realize that that lending full credibility to the argument of a director, it may seem hypocritical when we just said that James Gunn doesn't count for saying that it's not canon. But the point is that you have just as much evidence that it is as you do that it isn't, but you only have one official statement from Kevin Feige either way, and that one official statement was positive. So, And, and again, every everything that... It's not that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. never fed back into the movies, it's just that it fed back into the movies in subtle ways that you wouldn't know of unless you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because, like, 
Yeah, because you Soldier, otherwise have to headcanon a bunch of stuff, which, again, it comes back to headcanon. In Winter Soldier, Fury escapes from the quote-unquote police, uh, you know, all trying to fuck him up uh, by, like, digging a little hole under his... Uh, under his uh his his car his suv or whatever it is mm-hmm. and people would be like oh it's just some gadget he used but then in agents of shield we find out that fitz actually created that it's called the mouse hole and he gave one to fury so yeah and we've like, got the helicarrier showing up in age of ultron is the most famous example because feige explicitly said that agents of shield is canon in order to fill the plot hole and it's that, and colson was holding on to it in a warehouse they're the ones that gave the intel to the Avengers about where Loki yeah. was. Yeah, they gave it, they figured it out. They gave it to Hill. Hill gave it to the Avengers. Yeah. So it's 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 canon. Y'all need to stop. It's <laughs> it's canon. Um. Yeah, that's my thing. Netflix is canon. Hulu is canon. Agents of Shield is canon until they're not. I'm. You see, I'm not going to be one of those. It's canon and it's always canon. No, I'm. I assume something will eventually happen that I can't explain that will that will permanently retcon Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, or Feige will come out and say, hey, in the interest of growing the story, I got I don't really consider that. I consider that to be I bet you Feige comes out and says this at some point in the next five years is I consider Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be MCU adjacent. The same thing he said about Venom and that'll that'll do it. But. Uh, until one of those things happens, it's canon right now. Yeah. We should really wrap up because I, I okay. got re- to record my other episode and I said half an hour that we would be half an hour ago. We'd be done soon. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, go listen to Cape Corner. Cape Corner is a great show. What are you guys doing this week? Oh, uh, I got to actually pull it up. I, cause I, I posted a poll on my Cape Corner uh, Discord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about Samus Aran. Oh, fun. Yeah, everyone go check that out. You can follow them on Twitter at Cape Corner. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Fandom Optimists. It's nothing but good vibes and Twitter polls. You can get my unfiltered thoughts at Jordan Blue Man everywhere that uses usernames. Uh, long story short, we loved Hawkeye as a whole. It's really cool. The finale was great, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still canon. Until next time, uh, try your best to stay optimistic and never apologize for loving your fandom. I'll see you next week with The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 1, and I'm going to have a very special guest with me uh, next week, so tune in to listen to that. Bye, guys. He's going to have fucking I can't think of his name but the guy who plays Boba Fett and Tamora Morrison Tamora Morrison is joining me on the Phantom Office. Dude, I wish. All right, bye guys. <laughs>